Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Ayin Test, Daf 79 of Masech Yevamis. Friends, we can tell me what Daf 79 talks about. Well, the truth is we have a lot to do on Daf 78 because yesterday um, I stopped pretty early. So, I got a whole bunch to do on Daf 78. And yeah, we kind of talk about Mamsers, Nussins, um, yeah, it's kind of somewhat interesting stuff. Oh, and we talk about Sris's fun stuff. Tell me what a Sris is. Castrated fellow. Exciting times. All right, friends, we're going to start in Daf Ein Ches Amud Beis, about six lines into the wide lines at the Mishnah. Mamzerim Unesinen, so a Mamzer, um, okay, a fellow who's born from like a forbidden relationship that's Chayv Karis. Unesinen, the Sinan were those Givonim, the people converted during the times of Yoshua, and he made them into like water carriers and Vassar uh, Traegers. And uh, how, how do you how do you say a wood? What's a woodcutter in Yiddish? A water carrier is a Vassar Traeger, I think. What, what, what's a woodcutter? There must also be a name for that. How do you say wood in Yiddish? Hmm. How do you say wood? Hmm. I don't speak Yiddish. Um. All right. Let me tell you. So Asurin, so they're not allowed. You can't marry them. The Isurin Isur Olam, and that's forever. And applies both to men and women. Says the Gemara, Mershlakish. Says Mershlakish. Mamzeris Laachar Asar Doris Muteris. So Mershlakish actually says that after 10 generations, a Mamzeris becomes permitted. Yalaf Asiri Asiri Me'amoni. Umoavi that he learns out exerishave of Asiri Asiri by Ammonia Moavi that it says by uh, Ammonites and Moabites um, Asiri right what does it what does the pasuk say Loyavo Ammonia Moavi bekal Hashem Gamdor Asiri Loyavo Loyem bekal Hashem Ad Olam says even the tenth generation cannot marry into the congregation forever and then the next the, the pasuk by uh, a mamzer says Loyavo mamzer bekal Hashem Gamdor Asiri that even the 10th generation cannot come into the congregation, but it doesn't say forever, it just mentions 10 generations. So now, Amr Ishlakish, I'm going to start again, says Ishlakish, Mamzeris Lachar Asaradoris Mutaris, that a Mamzeris after 10 generations is permitted. Yolif Asiri, Asiri, Me'amoni, Moavi, that he learns that Exerishave of Asiri, Asiri, by Amoni and Moavi, Malahala Nekevis Mutaris, Afkan Nekevis Mutaris, just like over there. The Nikavis are permitted, so also over here the Nikavis are permitted, right? So first of all, let's talk about this Gezer Shava for a second. What is the Gezer Shava? Well, the Gezer Shava says, it says Asiri by Amoni, right, Amunamov, and it says Asiri by Mamzer. So we want to say that just like when it says Asiri by Amunamov, it's Leolam, it's forever. So also Asiri by um, Mamzer is forever. But, Comes Rishlakish and to say that it's come, comes Rishlakish to say that well, just like by Amon and Moab, the women are permitted. So also by Imamzer, the women are permitted after ten, ten generations. So it says the Gemara. Wait, but shouldn't we say that just like by Amon and Moab, the women are permitted immediately? So also by Imamzer, right? Imamzeres, she would be permitted immediately. So that the Gzeir Shava only works from the 10th generation and on. Let's go right there for a second. But one second, what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says that a Nosin and a Mamzer are also forever. And that applies both to men and women. So, Lokasha, it's no question. Friends, have we ever seen this together? This Machlok is about Donmino, Omino, and Domino, Vuki, Baasra? I'm not sure. What this means is that it's it's a shaila of how to understand Xer Shavit, right? So for example, in our case, right, we're learning out um Mamzer from Amun Moab. So the question is Donmina Umina. So do we say learn one thing out from right um basically learn everything out from the same source? Or do we say Donmina Vukibasu, you learn out one thing from the other place, but then everything else remains local, right? As Rashi says in a very nice way. Right, that Donmina Vuki Basu means it's about 
eight lines before Rashi gets wide. Whatever we need to learn out from the other location of the of the Gzair Shava, right? The Gzair Shava, of course, is the same word in two places. So whatever you need to learn out from that other place, you learn out. But once you've learned out what you need to, then you keep everything, you know, in the same spot. So therefore, how does that apply here? Well, we're learning out the Gzair Shava from Ammon and Moab to um, Mamzer to say that just like by Ammon and Moab, um, it applies forever. So also by Mamzer, it applies forever. Now, Rishlokish wants to say, wants to sort of now bring it one step further, right? Donmina umina. Once we're already learning out from Ammon and Moab, let's continue to learn out from Ammon and Moab and to say that just like um, the women by Ammon and Moab are permitted, so also by Mamzer, it's permitted. So we learn out from the, right, it says 10 in both places. And then by Amun and Moab, it's forever. So we're going to say also by Mamzer, it's forever. And then Rishlakish is going to push it further and say, and just like by Amun and Moab, the women are permitted. So then also uh, by um, uh, Mamzer, the women are permitted. But he's not going to say that the women are permitted immediately like it is by Amun and Moab because the Pasuk does say, Asiri does say 10. So, so Rishlakish understands Donmina Umina, right? That once already we're learning out from Amunamov, we can continue to learn out from Amunamov and to say that just like by Amunamov, the women are permitted. So also by um, um, Mamzer, women are permitted after 10 generations. Now, in the time of our Mishnah, however, holds Donminavuki Ba'asra. That sure, we can learn out the Xerashava from Amunamov to Mamzer, but that's just to say that Mamzer applies forever. That's it. The Gzair Shav of, of, of Asiri, Asiri teaches that just like by Amun it applies forever. So also by Mamzer, it applies forever. But that's it. We're not then going to take the next step and say that, well, just like by Amun it only applies to the men, not to the women. So that somehow applies to Mamzer. No. When it comes to Mamzer, once we've established that uh, it lasts forever, it applies to both men and women. So it's just a different way to how to understand, how to learn a Gzair Wow, my, my throat is very dry. Give me a second, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> okay, I've coughed now. Maybe that healed it. Coughing heals a need to cough. That's interesting. Well, well I guess we'll see if it's a long-term solution or a short-term solution. Take three. Okay, what about a mamzeris after 10 generations? So, Rebbeza says, look, if a mamzer can get as far as three generations, I will say that that person is tahor. Rebbeza uh, seems to be assuming amoks of mamzer lochaye, that mamzerim tend not to live very uh, long. They tend to die out. That mamzers don't live for multiple generations. But our Mishnah says that mamzerin are not allowed, and that applies forever, implying that they can live for many generations. Right? Have offspring, continue to have offsprings, they will all be mamzerin. So Rabzer says, Look, I heard from a Yehuda, the Yidia Chai, look, if, if he knows he's a mamzer, or if she knows she's a mamzeris, so then they can continue living because as long as they know that they're a mamzer, so they'll know to stay away from the kahal and not to marry in. But the lo yidiya lo chai. But if they don't know that they're a mamzer, well then uh, they're not going to live because, um, you know, I guess heaven is concerned that they're going to marry into the congregation and that will be a problem so they don't live. The yidiya velo yidiya atzlasudari chai tfeilu chai. If they're kind of like kind of know that they're a mamzer but not quite, so then um, they might linger for three generations. But after three generations already, then, you know, because they don't know for sure that they're a mamzer, it gets a little shvach, and then they'll marry into the congregation, and they, so, I guess, heaven makes sure that they kind of die out after a few generations, okay? How would There was a certain fellow in the neighborhood of Rabami. And Rabami announced about this fellow that he's a mamzer. He came to Rabami crying. And Rabami says, look, I just gave you life by announcing that you're a mamzer. So then you're not going to die if you don't know it, right? Because I guess heaven is going to see to it that you die if, if there's a concern that you're going to mess up the lineage of the nation by marrying into the call. So therefore, Bami claims that by 
Um, but he argues that by announcing that this fellow is a mamzer, Itaka saved his life so that the Kohal will not marry him, but at least he'll be able to live. Amr Avchano Bar Ada Nesinim David goes Olehim says Avchano Bar Abba that the Nesinim David Amelech made a decree against them because, as we learned the other day, the Nesinim Taka converted to Judaism. But even though they converted to Judaism, uh, um, David Amelech made a decree against them marrying into the congregation. Shnemar as the pasuk says Vayikra Amelech Likivonim. That the king David called out to the Givonim, he said to them, and these Givonim are not from the children of Israel, i.e., they're not allowed to marry into the congregation. My time, how come? How come he said that they're not allowed to marry into the congregation? As the Paul says, that it was a three year famine during the days of King David for three years straight, one year after the next. King David said after the first year, Amrloim, he said to the Yidden, Shema Ovre, Ovde Avodus Kuchovni Yishbochem, maybe there are some idol worshippers among ye. The Chsiv is the puzzle says, Vavatim Eloim Achrim Shachvisim Loim, that you will serve Avodizari, Vatsar Sashman Veloyim Motavagom, and then there's not going to be any rain. So David asked the people, he says, Look, people, are you serving Avodizari? Bod Kuvlo Motsu, they checked in, no, there were no people serving Avodizari. Shni Amrloim, he said to them the next, the following year, after two years, or in the second year, maybe there are people who are being uh, involved in inappropriate relationships, forbidden relationships. The puzzle says, that there was no rain, and you had the forehead of a, um, what's the word? A um, harlot. A harlot. Um, so apparently, inappropriate relationships is a harbinger. Did I say that right? Dennis, is that a harbinger? Harbinger? Har- harbinger? Harbinger sounds nicer. It's probably the wrong one if it sounds funnier. But a harbinger. It sounds like kind of a funny word. A harbinger. A harbinger. A harbinger. What, 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 what do you think a harbinger would mean? Unless, of course, I'm pronouncing it correctly, in which case it already means something. And it turned out nobody was being promiscuous. Shlishis uh, Amrloim, the third year, he said to them, Maybe you have people making pledges in public, but not, uh, uh, you know, uh, acting on those pledges, not, not, not giving the pledges. says, that there's wind and rain, but no and wind and mist, but no rain, clouds and no rain. people, you know, purporting to give stalker, but not actually giving it. You know, pledging to give stock but not giving it. Bad Kuvalomatsu, they checked and they did not find Omar in Adavatali Elabi. David Amel said, Okay, there's nothing wrong with the people. I need to I need to take control of the situation. Miyad, Bevakish David is Hashem. Immediately King David beseeched the Abishter. Mai, uh, how did he beseech the Abishter? that he asked the Urim and the Tumim from the breastplate of the high priest. My mashma. What does, how do we know that it means that he, uh, requested from the Urim and the Tumim? Amr Belazo asi pnei pnei, well, Xeir Shavit. Xivacha vaivakish David is pnei Hashem. It says over here that David, uh, requested the face of the Abishter. It says that, uh, the high priest will ask the, um, the, 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 the judgments of the Urim before, and the, and I guess I imagine the Tumim, Oichit, uh, before God. Um, all right. It's interesting. Whenever, whenever uh, it gets to to Agadita, that's when you start hearing, you know, and then all of a sudden the Abishter comes out. You know, I feel like in 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 in, in tractate Moed we were talking about Abishter left, Abishter right. Now I feel like Abishter comes up less. But here we have plenty of opportunities to say Abishter. So, um, the Abishter answers King David and he says, well, it's uh, the reason for the famine is on account of King, De- uh, of King Saul because he um, killed the Gibbonites. It means that the famine was on account of King Saul, that he wasn't um, eulogized properly. And for the fact that he killed the uh, Givonim, 
How do we know? Where do we see that King Saul killed the Givonim? Because he killed all the priests in the city of Nov. Show you must speak in my mozen that um, the the that the um, the priests were employing the Givonim to to be vassar traders and uh, woodcutters. Again, how do you say wood? I don't know. How do you say wood? Hoich. Holtz, Holtz, Holtz. I think that that's how you say uh, uh, wood, wood in in Yiddish. I think it's Holtz. I think it's Holtz. Menorah and Holtz. I think I think my grandmother likes to say that. Menorah and Holtz. Although I think she likes to kind of tell a story about one of my cousins who goes to some yeshiva, some cheder or yeshiva in in the five towns where they teach the kids in Yiddish or something. None of the parents speak Yiddish, but the kids. Right, I think the the kids come home, and then they have questions, but the parents don't speak Yiddish. I guess it's a funny thing. I, I if I, I have a feeling, I think that maybe they stopped teaching in Yiddish. I, that, that that was probably a good decision. Um, it's probably not so good. Lack of communication can be a problem sometimes, um, especially in languages that people don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Akaponim, Minerv and Holtz. So, how, so what does Holtz have to do with a, 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 a wood chopper? So how do you say a wood chopper? A chopper from Holtz. A Wasserträger and a chopper from Holtz. A Holtz chopper. A Holtz chopper. So the Givonim were employed as Holtz choppers. <laughs> Wasserträgers and Holtz choppers in, uh, in, uh, in Nov. My Lalo Vakosov, Kilu Aragon. And because they now, they lost their employment, whose Kilu they were, right, King Saul killed them. Katova, um, fine. So now the Gemara says, one second, I don't understand. On one hand, we're saying that there was a famine because King Saul wasn't properly eulogized, which implies that, you know, he was, he needed proper respect and he was a good guy, etc. He needed to be eulogized properly. But then we're saying, that um, the the famine happened on account that uh, the famine happened because it was King Saul who killed the Givonim. So on the one hand, we're saying there was a famine because King Saul wasn't properly eulogized, and then we say there was also a famine because he did something terrible. So why should he be eulogized if he needed to do if he did something terrible? So the Gemara says, "In yes, that's exactly correct." I'm Rishlakish because Rishlakish says, "My what does it mean?" Bakshuas Hashem Kol Ambe Oritz. Ashimishpat Paalu beseech the Abishter, all of the uh, humble ones of the land, Ashimishpat Paalu, that they did um, uh, judgment. Ba'asher Mishpat Shampalu, that even when you uh, have to apply judgment, such as, you know, uh, creating a, a famine on account of something bad that, that, right, that King Saul did, killing the Givonim, we also there mentioned Paalu, we mentioned his, um, his, uh, his good deeds. And that he deserved to be eulogized properly. Omer David says, David, Shaul Nafku Le Lehu Tracey David Amelach beseeches the Abishter and he says, Look, but it's already been 12 months since King Saul died, and, and, and you know, it's, it's not a time when we need to, um, still be eulogizing. So, you know, have Rahmanus on us. And therefore, we don't, um, eulogize after. Uh, 12, you know, 12 months. And about the Nesinim, about the Givonim, okay, so we'll call to them, we'll try to make things good. So King David called out to the Givonim, and he said to them, no, What can I do for you people? And how can we, you know, fix this situation? And you'll bless the inheritance of the Abishter. The Givonim said to King David, Look, we don't need Silver or gold from Shaul and his and his and his house. We don't need any specific. Well, we don't need any people other than They requested that King David hand over seven of the descendants of King Saul, and they will kill them and hang them. David tried to appease them and change their minds so that said. So they would not make such a terrible um, demand. And then King David said, Look, the Yidden have three signs. The Gomle Chasodim. 
those who are merciful, those who are bashful, and those who do um, acts of loving kindness. Um, right? Isn't that what we say? Acts of loving kindness, right? Something like that. Whatever, kindness. The Yidin are merciful, as the Apostle says, that will give you mercy. Okay? That his fear will be on your faces. Um, actors of loving kindness, the Apostle says, that he will, I think says, by Avramavinu, that he will command his children to do acts of love and kindness. That somebody who um, um, is, is merciful, who is bashful, who does acts of love and kindness, that's somebody who could be uh, marrying into the Yidin. But not uh, these Givonim who, who um, are, are looking for blood to hang people. So that is why King David made a um, Gezerit that um, they cannot marry into the congregation. So then uh, King David then acquiesced to the demand of the Givonim and he handed over seven people to be hanged. Um, so he took the uh, two sons of Ritzpah Bas Ayo, Ashiyodol Shaul, that she birthed to King Saul, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Shaul, that she birthed to Adriel ben Barzilai Am Cholosi. Maishna Hane, how come these seven? Am Ravuna says Ravuna Avirim Lifnei Arun. Well, all the descendants of Saul they brought before the Arun. Kol Sha'arun Kolto Lemisa. Anybody with the Arun sort of uh, determined uh, was killed. Kol Shein Arun Kolto Lechayim. And anybody with the uh, Arun did not, I guess, sort of decide was spared. Um, so now Rav Bar Katina asks, he says, the Pesach says that David HaMelech, King David, had uh, mercy on Mipiboshes, the son of Yehonasin ben Shol, Shaloya Aviro, that he didn't pass him before the Arun. How could David HaMelech do that if it was a Gezeir? How could he just favor one of the children of, uh, of uh, right, one of the descendants of Saul over the other ones and make somebody, you know, how could he spare one at the expense of somebody else who's going to have to take his spot? Rather, what it means is that Mipiboshes yeah, went in front of the Aaron and the Aaron determined that he had to die. And King David then prayed and the uh, decree was reversed for Mipiboshes. But still, how could he favor Mipiboshes over everybody else? Um, uh, rather, it's that uh, King David prayed in advance that um, he hoped that the uh, Arun would not choose Mipiboshes. I guess that's somehow less, uh, somehow more acceptable. But one second, doesn't the Pazak say that fathers do not die on account of the actions of their sons and sons do not die on account of the actions of their father? He says, look, that's true. The Torah does say that children should not die on account of their fathers. But there was a big chil Hashem happening over here that people were looking at what happened to the Givonim and saying that how could it be that the Eden allowed such a thing to happen and therefore this serves as some kind of uh, uh, fixing for that, that people shouldn't say, you know, look what the Eden allowed to do, let's go weiter. That in Ritzbah Basaya, who was the mother of two of those who were killed, uh, took a sackcloth and she put it on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest, until rains began to fall, from the heavens, she did not allow any birds to land on the corpses of her sons. During the day, and the beasts of the of the field at night. How could it be that the corpses were hanging on the trees? I thought you don't let a corpse hang overnight, right? Meaning, right? We, there's a law called Niskal and Nislin. Anybody who's stoned, then is hanged, but they only right there, but they don't hang the bodies overnight. We take them down already before the night. So how could it be that these corpses were hanging all all the way until the you know until it started raining? 
better that a halacha in the Torah should be overridden in order to make a Kiddush Hashem. I mean, yes, the Pasuk says that you don't normally leave a corpse hanging on a tree, but in this case, it made a Kiddush Hashem. Because the passerby would say, Why are there people, why, why are there corpses hanging from a tree? And they'll say, Oh, these are the descendants of the kings, of King Saul. What, what did they do that they're hanging from a tree? Well, they, uh, uh, you know, the hidden from the top, you know, from King Saul, right? King Saul, um, um, acted inappropriately with lowly converts, these, uh, Givonim. Amru, and then the people say, and they say, wow, there is no nation like the Yidden. The Yidden are the best nation to, to, to connect yourselves with, um, 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 concept, you know, concept ideologically. Because if even the sons of, 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 of kings are subject to justice in this manner, uh, then certainly, right, it's imagined that it can be fair with regular people, right? Nobody, nobody has special privileges. There's no corruption over here. If this even happens to the children of kings. And if the Jewish people stick up for lowly converts, in such a serious manner, well, then certainly the um, the the Jewish people will stick up for regular, um, um, you know, uh, well, not re- for 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 all Jews, and therefore um, it sort of makes a kiddush Hashem. It ref- you know, the the fact that they got punished in this manner and it was visible to 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 the public um, ended up making a kiddush Hashem. Okay. And then immediately. There were 150,000 converts added to the Jewish people. Um, okay. Shenem, um, as the Pasuk says, um, wait, where am I? Okay, fine. The Pasuk says, I don't think I skipped. Shenem, as the Pasuk says, Va'ilish Shlomo, Shivim Elef, Nose Sovol, that King Solomon had 70,000 people to schlep things, Vishmonim Elef, Chotzev, Bahar, and another 80,000 quarrying in the mountain. So that's 150,000. Therefore, it means that there were 150,000 people converted to Judaism based on this. Maybe these were um, Yidin, not converts. No, that can't be. That, um, that, the, that Shlomo Melech didn't make any slaves from the Yidin. Yeah, but maybe they were employees. Maybe there were 150,000 Jewish employees. Elo meocha. Rather from here, that Shlomo Amelech counted all the converts in Eretz and they found that there were bahar, and from them he made um, seventy thousand schleppers and eighty thousand stone quarriers in the mountain. Now, when you see him, David One second, was it King David who made a about the Nesinim? Uh, Moshe Gazalin, even from the times of Moshe Abenu, um, we had discussed the Nisinim. Right, that uh, right at the beginning of Parsis Nitzavim says everybody's standing from the um, Holtz choppers to the Vassar Traegers, and that's a reference to the Nisinim. Moshe David So Moshe only made exera against marrying the Nisinim. Um, in that generation, but King David made it for all generations. Vakati Yoshua goes are alive. But still, Yoshua, of course, made the Gezerah about the Nesinim. The that Yoshua made them, um, Holtz choppers and, uh, Vassar Traegers for the congregation and for the, uh, for the, uh, altar. Um, Yoshua goes up as much as Mikdashkaim, David goes up as much as Mikdashkaim. Yoshua made the Gzera for when the temple stood. King David made the um, decree even for when the temple did not stand. During the days of Rebbe, they wanted to make the Nasinim permitted to marry into the congregation. Amr Loim, he said to them, Amr Loim, Rebbe, Rebbe said, Look, look, you know, the fact that they serve uh, us as Holtz choppers and Vassar Traegers, okay, we can sort of permit that, but 
The fact of the matter is that they also have responsibilities to the Mizbeach, and we cannot permit that. And this argues in Rabbi Abba, the Amr Rabbi Abba, says Rabbi Abba, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, in the day of Rabbi Yochanan, that a part of the congregation remains, right, right the, the fact that they were holtz choppers and vassar traders for the congregation, that will remain forever. But the fact that they also had responsibilities of being holtz choppers and uh, vassar traders for the um, temple, so that only applies when there is a temple, but if there's no temple, it does not apply. Friends? Moving on to a new Mishnah. Omer B'yushua says, B'yushua, Shamaiti she'asoris cholitz v'cholzen le'ishto. So it says B'yushua that he heard that a saris, who could tell me what a saris is? A castrato. A castrato. Weren't those the, um, the like Italian opera, opera singers that they would um, cut off their testicles, castrate them, and then they would sing very nice. Uh, okay, uh, what do you want me to tell you? So, so, uh, so, so, could we just call, could we call, look, I think as far as I can tell, we have two options. We could, well, three options. We could just say SARS, and just say, you know, whenever we have the word SARS, I'll say SARS. We could say a castrated fellow. That's another option. Or we could say castrato. Friends, what do you say? What, what, what's your, what's your vote? 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 Saris, castrated fellow, castrato. Okay, I'm, I'm ruling out castrated fellow. That's out. We can either go Saris or castrato. 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 Viter. So, Omer Rabbi Yeshua, Shamaiti Saris Cholitz. Yeah, I'm a benevolent dictator. I, 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 I put up the matter for, for judgment, uh, for, for a vote, but then I ultimately make the decisions. Partially based on necessity, um, you know, it would be uh, very um, impractical for me to wait a week until you respond in WhatsApp. And let's be honest, friends. Whenever I ask you to respond in WhatsApp, I don't get such a big uh, turnout, friends. That's that's all right. I don't expect it. Let's go right there. Amr Bishu says, "Bishu, I'm starting from the beginning of the Mishnah. Shamati sheasaris cholitz v'cholitz neishto that a kestrado." Um, so he can do chalitza, right? So if, uh, you know, you have Ruven, Ruven's married to Sarah, Ruven dies, and Shimon is a castrato. So, um, cholitz, he does chalitza, right? Ruven dies, Shimon, the castrato, can do chalitza with Sarah. And if Ruven's a castrato, so then when Ruven dies, Shimon can do chalitza with Sarah. Um, but at the same time, Rabbi Shua also says that a castrato does not do chalitza and they do not do chalitza for his wife. And says Rabbi Yoshua, I know it makes no sense and I don't know how to explain it, right? And the one and we're saying that a saris does do chalitza and doesn't. Oh no, I said I wasn't going to say saris. A castrato do, uh, does do chalitza and, and, and they do chalitza for his widow. But then we say the exact opposite. It doesn't do chalitza and they don't do chalitza for his widow. So Rabbi Kiva says, "Look, I got this. I'll explain it." If a fellow became a castrato later in life, he was born a non-castrato fellow, and then he became a castrato. So then um, he can do chalitza, and they can do chalitza for his widow because he had a he had a, a period in his life. Where he was not a castrato. But if he's born that way, so then he does not do chalitza, and they do not do chalitza for his widow, because at no point in his life was he kosher, right? He was always a castrato. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer says, Rabbi Eliezer, Loki, that's not true, it's taka punkt fakert, it's the opposite. Rather, a, um, a, somebody who was born that way, so he can do chalitza, and, and, and they can do chalitza for his widow. Because there's a, you know, hopefully he'll be able to be healed at some point in the future. But if he became a castrato later in life, then um, then he does not do chalitza, and they do not do chalitza for his widow. She's completely potter. Because, you know, if he became a, a castrato later in life, then there, you know, then there isn't any way to heal that. Hey, Rabbi Shubham, Rabbi Shubham Maseira testified, Al Ben Megusas, 
Shaib Yushlam, there's a fellow in Yushlam named Ben Megusas. Swiss Adam, he was a fellow who became a castrato later in life. Biyabmu as Ishto, and they did Yibum with his widow, Likaim Tiver Rabbi Akiva, like Rabbi Akiva. Um, um, yeah, like Rabbi Akiva said, that a um, castrato who becomes a castrato later in life, and he does Chalitza, and he does Chalitza with his wife, and in this case, we're saying you can even do uh, Yibum. Hasaris, a castrato, Lacholitz, Vilamiyabim. He does not do chalitza. He does not do yibum. Okay, fine. We're repeating that. V'chein ailonis lochalitzas from siabemus also an ailonis, a woman who is in case right. It's not she's not able to have children. So then uh, she does not they, right. They, they, uh, she does not do chalitza and she does not do yibum. Hasaris she cholatz liyivimto. If a saris um, right. So let's say Ruvain dies and then Shimon the castrato um, does chalitza with saris. Lo pasla doesn't really make a difference, you know, it doesn't make her pasla or anything. She could still marry a coin. Boala pasla. But if Shimon the Kishrado uh, sleeps with Saris, so then she's she's no longer allowed to marry a coin. Pneshi bila znus, because it's it's a relationship of, of znus. Because um, because it's poshit eishas ach, right? Because it's, it's not a mitzvah, because he's a Kishrado. So therefore, he's simply marrying the wife of his brother. Of his, uh, you know, deceased brother, that is not allowed. Also, an Ilonis, that if the brothers did chalitza with her, they do not make her possible. But if they uh, slept with her, then she's not able to marry a coin. Because that would be um, a be'ila uh, of znus. Because again, since, uh, you know, there's no mitzvah of yibum with her, so it's just simply. Um, um, uh, which is a problem. Now says the Gemara Mechde. Says the Gemara one second. Shmina the Rabakive, the Mechaive Lavin, Kechaive Kresus Domu. Mechaive Kresus Lavne Chalitza Bibum Nenu. So the Gemara says one second. I don't understand. We know, of course, that according to Rabbi Akiva, that Chaive Lavin, Kechaive Kresus Domu, right? That you're for, for a Chiyuv Lav. You talk a chayv karis. Now, a, a, a saris, a kestrado, what's the problem, right? Well, how come a kestrado, we're saying, doesn't do uh, yibum or chalitza? It's because, uh, it's because, uh, it's considered a kroshofcha. And a kroshofcha is not allowed to marry into the congregation. And if he's, and if he's not allowed to marry into the congregation, it's a lav, and that's a chayv karis. And therefore, if you have a fellow who became a, a, a kestrado later in life, Right, Rabbi Akiva said that he's allowed to marry into the congregation since he had a, a, a period where in his life when he was when 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 you know he was pre castrado when he was kosher. But still, I don't understand. Now that he's a castrado, so he's not allowed to marry into the congregation because he's a kroshofcha. And um, wait, is he considered ptuadaka or kroshofcha? Ptuadaka. Um, oh, ptuadaka. Okay, fine. Considered ptuadaka. So 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 therefore, I don't understand. How could it be that he's allowed to do? Right, chalitza and yibum. Um, if uh, if uh, he's poshit uh, p'tuadak, it's a, it's a chiyuv karis. And, right, he says right. V'chayv kreisus lab ne chalitza yibum nenu. A chiyuv karis is not shayach as we know to chalitza and yibum. So Rabbi Ami Ochav Ma'iskinu can go shenosa ochiv giyores. Oh, so Rabbi Ami says, well, it's talking about a situation where Reuven, who passed away, was married to a convert. And then Ruvain died. Rabbi Akiva Savla Kribyosi and Rabbi Akiva holds like Kribyosi holds, which is Dharma Kahal Gayum Lo Ikre Kahal that the that converts are not considered the Kahal, meaning that a Ptsuadaka would be able to marry a convert. And therefore Ruvain died, his wife uh, is a convert. Shimon the Kestrado, who's considered Ptsuadaka, would be able to do um um you know, chalitza in that case. Well, if that's the case, well, then he should even be able to do yibum because he could marry her in a chinami. So he says, yep, according to Bikiva, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in this case where uh, uh, Reuven was married to a convert, so Shimon the Kastrato could do, could even do yibum. And since Rabbi Yeshua says, cholitz, cholitz. so Rabbi Kiva also mentioned chalitza specifically, but but if we look further in the Mishnah, it says that Rabbi Yeshua ben Beseri testified Ben Megusas that there was a fellow in Jerusalem named Ben Megusas Swiss Adam that he was a fellow who became a Kistrato later in life 
and they did talk a yibum, the kind of Rabbi Akiva, Shmamina, like Rabbi Akiva. So we see that yes, it's true that Rabbi Akiva, when he says that that you would be allowed to that this castrato can do um chalitza, it also includes yibum, as is uh, evident from the anecdote of Ben Megusas that Hitaka did yibum, even though he was a um, castrato later in life. If you have a Ptuadakwa or a Kroshofcha, Sris Adam, a fellow who became a Kastrado later in life, Ba'azokin or an elder fellow, O Cholzen or Miyabmin, they could do Chalitza, they could do Yibum, Ketzad, how is this? Mesu, if uh, they died, right, so they were married and they died, Veloim Noshim, they have widows, Veloim Achin, they have brothers, Vamdu Achin, Vosu Maimer, then the brothers did Maimer bin Shosei and Venus Nuget, or they gave a get, or Shacholzu, or they did Chalitza, Masha'asa Asu. So whatever they did, they did. Kilu, we learned, we've learned all about Maimer and Get and Chalitza. Whatever the Nafkaminis would be about doing these things applies. Vimbalu, Kanu, and if they did Yibum, then they're married. Mesu Achin. Um, what if, right, so what, what, what if they were the brothers, right? Kilu, what if it was their brothers who were married and then died? And then these, this group of people, right, the Ptuadaka, Kroshofcha, Srisodom, so they then do mimer with uh, their sister in laws, Vinas Nuget, or they gave a get, or Chotzu, or they did Chalitza, Masha Asu, Asu, whatever they did is done, Vimbalu Kanu, and if they did Yibum, then Givaldik, Vasu Lakaimon, but, and here's the thing, they cannot stay with them, so even if they did. Right, so if you have this Sris Adam, this fellow became a Kastrato later in life and he does Yibum, so it's Yibum, but they cannot stay together, Mishum Shinema, because the Pazuk says, that a Ptuadaka and a Kroshofcha cannot marry into the congregation of God, Alma, Bikahal, Askinun, which means that we're not talking about a situation where Ruven was married to a convert, rather we're talking about when Ruven was married um, to um uh, you know, I guess any any Jewish woman, um, and uh, and and still we are saying that you would do yibum. And the question is, um, why would a kastrato be doing yibum if he's not allowed to marry into the congregation at all? Um, you know, shouldn't uh, it's a chiyuv karis? So rather says So Rabbi wants to suggest. Well, it's talking about a situation where at the time that Ruvain died, Shimon was not yet a castrato. He only became a castrato later on. So there was initially a chiyuv of Yibum when he was pre-castrato. So I'm going to But still, why should that make a difference? Sure, when Ruvain died, he was not yet a castrato. Then he became a castrato. Well, now that he's a castrato, so then he should no longer be able to do Yibum. Because after all, do we not have a Mishnah that says, Friends, what's this case? We've seen it before. It's talking about a situation where you have um, Ruvain and Shimon are married to Sara and Rivka. Sara and Rivka are sisters. Rivka is a uh, Kitana. She's, a, she, she's, a, she's, she's an underage girl. So she's a minor. So now Ruvain dies. Um, Sare, who is an adult, needs to do Yibum Midu Oraisa with Shimon. Now, the thing is, Shimon is married to Midu um, Rabbanon, is married to Sare, who's a minor, and who is married off by her brother or her mother, so it's only Kiddushim Midu Rabbanon. So now, here's a situation where, um, where uh, technically Sare is fit, uh, Sare is fit to do Yibum with Shimon, Midu Oraisa, but she doesn't do Yibum because Shimon's married to Rivka, who's a minor. Now what we say is, okay, look, if Rivka doesn't want to leave Shimon, so let them stay together until she becomes an adult. Once she's an adult, they're then going to be married to Orisa, at which point Memele, uh, sorry, will no longer be shy to Yibum. Since um, at this point, now that Rivka is a Gedola, so then it would be uh, Achos Isha. Right, that Sarah would be the sister of Shimon's wife, Rivka. So we see what do we, so, so 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 let's read that again. So Milo Tanan, do we not learn in the Mishnah? Rabbi Gamliel says, Rabbi Gamliel, Mea Mea Mea. Look, if Rivka wants to, you know, leave Shimon, 
Gewaldig, then Shimon can do Yibim with Sarah. But but if Rivka wants to stay with Shimon, what you do is you wait until Rivka becomes an adult. And then Rivka is no longer Shaykh to Yibum since now that Rivka is an adult, Sarah is her sister and Shimon can't marry Sarah as she is a sister of his wife, Rivke. Amma, what do we see? Asi Isr Achos Isha, that even though initially Sarah was permitted to Shimon, right, when, when Rivka was still a katana and not technically married to Shimon, yet we're saying that once Rivka becomes a Gedola, Sarah Mimele, um, is pushed out from, right, right, the Yibum with Sarah falls apart. So Vidachi, Hachanamis, let's say here as well, right? When Ruvain died, Shimon was not yet a castrato. So So now he becomes a castrato. So then that should then cancel the Yibum. So says Abai to Rabbi, I don't understand why just because he came a, became a castrato later, why should that make any difference? Elam Rav Yosef, rather says Rav Yosef, This is the following Tana, Devei, Rabakive. He the Omar Mechaveh Lavin the She'er Havi Mamzer Mechaveh Lavin Grede Lavi Mamzer that there were different opinions about what exactly Rabbi Akiva's opinion is and this Mishnah is like the opinion of Rabbi Akiva that is that Chiyuv Lavin that of relatives are are what would make a Mamzer but Chiyuv Lavin such as like a Kastrato a Ptuadaka um, that would not make a mamzer, and therefore they're, they're, this not is not a chiyuv karis, and therefore, um, and therefore, um, you know, if he becomes a castrato later in life, so then, so then he would be able to do uh, yibum, right, and chalitza, since he was initially kosher, and this is not a uh, a um, lav related to a relative. Right, this is a love uh, related to him being a castrato. Now, Frank the Gemara, one second, I don't understand. How could Rabbi Akiva say that um, if you have a fellow who um, was not born a castrato, but he came a castrato later in life, how could Rabbi Akiva say that he can do chalitza and yibum? How could, right, the whole point of yibum is in order to have a child so that the brother's name can go on. But if he's, this fellow who became a castrato, so then if he marries, there's not going to be a child from this Yibum, which means that Yibum Mimele is irrelevant. So, But then says, um, oh no, right, um, yeah, okay, fine. Meaning the, 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 the Mishnah had said that a um, Saris, right, a castrato doesn't do Yibum, but also if he dies, then there's no Yibum with his widow, right? So now says Rava, he says, look, every man before he dies, like right, like right before he dies, is going to be very weak and Mimele is not going to be able to have children like right when he's like right before, you know, on the verge of death. And therefore Mimele, every man is essentially a castrato Right before he dies. And therefore, if that's the case, so then there should never be Yibum ever, since every man, Mimele, dies a castrato. So therefore, um, so Rava says, but that's clearly not the case, because we do have Yibum. So therefore, Amar Rava Imkain, if we're saying that, you know, you're just concerned that, uh, you know, he was born, he was, he was not born a castrato, but he became a castrato. And then what are you going to do about it? Well, then how are you going to have kids? But every man essentially, in some sense, becomes a castrato when he dies. There will never be yibum. Because their husband, Mimele, right before he dies, is going to, on some level, be considered a castrato. So therefore, Mimele, the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, at this point, he's unable to uh, have uh, children, he's a castrato, doesn't necessarily... Uh, cancel this out. Now, Rebeliezer, Peruka the Rabbi now this is a kasha for Rebeliezer, because Rebeliezer had said that, um, Davke, a, um, right, so Rebeliezer had Davke said that a fellow who became a castrato later in life is not able to do Yibum, right, because there's no way that he's going to heal that. 
So therefore, Rabbi Eliezer, well then, what do you do with the fact, well, every man before he dies is essentially a kistrato, and you're saying that if he's, you know, it's going to be a problem for Yibum and Chalitza, so then how could any woman ever do Yibum? So, Chishusa Da'aschilabe, so, Hasim Chishusa Da'aschilabe, so, Rabbi Eliezer said, look, that's not really considered a kistrato. A kistrato is a fellow is a kistrato. Fellow, when he dies and he's weak right before he dies, he's not a castrato just because he's unable to have, technically have children because he's too weak. Doesn't make him a castrato. What's considered a fellow who's born a castrato? So it says, a fellow who has never been a non castrato. From the time he's born, he's already a castrato. How do you know he's a castrato? So says, If when he pishes, it doesn't go in an ark, then he's a kishtrado. Doesn't go in an ark. How do you become, how does this fellow, you know, how does this situation emerge that you have a fellow who was born a kishtrado? Well, she was baking, if his mother, when she was pregnant, was baking bread uh, in the middle of the day when it's very hot, so then the heat of the day plus the heat of the oven, Vishasa Shikra Marka, and she drinks Marka beer. That's how you uh, make a Kestrato. Omar Yosef says, Rav Yosef, This is what I heard from Ami de Omar, that Rav Yosef says that he heard from Ami that they were talking about somebody who was born a Kestrato and he didn't know with regard to what, and now. He knows it's regard to these halachis of being able to do yibum or not. One second, even if he's born a kistrato, shouldn't we be concerned that maybe at some point he became not a kistrato? Well, since he was born a kistrato and right now he's a kistrato, so then um, we assume that he's a kistrato through and through. Most of Mari Asakasha. Oh, wow. Shabbos is starting. Alright, I still have 40 minutes. But one second, it says that by a Bechor, to check if it has a Mum, we check him three times over the course of 80 days. Um, once at the beginning, once at the middle, once at the end, which means that what's happening in the middle does seem to matter. Yeah, that's talking about like checking the eyes to making sure there's no like spots in the eyes. That, you know, it's relevant, you know, the beginning, middle, and end. But here it's the whole body. So there, over there, only what's important is at the beginning and at the end. Even if there was a point in the middle where it was not a castrato, that's not necessarily going to matter. Um, friends, that was Daf Ayn Tes. And also a whole chunk from Ayn Ches of Mesechta Yivomis. I hope you enjoyed. I have to run. Peace out.